Hey guys, I'm Adam Gonzalez. And I'm Jesse Espinoza. And this is Creepy Crawlin' Cryptids, where we talk to you about your favorite creepy crawly creatures from crypts to creeks. So we just wanted to preface uh, this with there's a lot of Native American and Native Canadian words and names, and neither of us have grown up using any words or names like this, so we'd like to apologize in advance for butchering any of these names. Well, today we're talking about the Wendigo. The Wendigo is an Alicoquian myth, and the Wendigo myths all reside around the Great Lakes and the Northern Atlantic Coast area. The Wendigo is always associated with the winter and cold and just basically desperation of any kind. Um, so we feel this idea, as you look back into um, Native American and Native Canadian histories, um, the Wendigo story really came into like view um, when the settlers from Europe started coming over. They saw these settlers as people who were not in touch with nature and who were overly greedy. So these stories of the Wendigo, of this cannibalistic monster, kind of personify how they felt about these settlers. That they are not in touch with nature, they only want power and greed, and they're just overly voracious and overly hungry. Okay, so for... What the Wendigo looks like, if you're looking for a Wendigo and or think you might be getting hunted by a Wendigo, um, it's going to be a tall eight foot creature somewhat resembling a human, but not at all. They were once a living being, but uh, they're this tall, emaciated creature, flesh stretched across long, oblong bones. Their skin is gray and their eyes are pushed in. To the point that their eyes are just complete blackness and no light can get through. If you saw it, it would look like a giant skeleton, basically. Yeah, some skin and flesh tatters here and there, hanging what's left. Um, the one interesting thing is that the description of a Wendigo is a, is very lean and skinny, and um, but the idea is that they're so voracious and this cannibalistic idea that uh, they just keep eating and they can't stop because they can't find that uh the thing that's going to fill that hole which once again you know looking back at it it's kind of like people who are so greedy that they're not going to be able to fill that hole in their heart mm -hmm. yeah also sometimes they're said to be made out of ice or covered in ice uh and also wendigo can also just look like a regular person because as it possesses you it, you still look like a person for a while, but then as you eat, you grow, grow, you grow bigger, and you slowly grow more powerful as a Wendigo. And as they grow, they even get to the point where they can change the world around them. The trees and plants slowly start decaying, and apparently they could even, once they grow very powerful, they can even change the weather. That's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and they also smell smell really bad. Well, yeah, they're like uh, they're rotting bodies, really. They're like a mega zombie, I guess <laughs> yeah. you could say. Yeah, mega zombie. Uh, yeah, they rot things around them, and they're just out there to eat. Their uh, their appetite is insatiable. They're just gonna keep coming and keep going and keep eating. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about what the window can do. Oh yeah. So the Wendigo, uh, of course, they're monsters, so they are super fast, and they're super strong, and they are excellent hunters and trackers, and also they can mimic the human voice. <laughs> so, like, imagine Predator, but, like, worse, because it wants to eat you, not just kill you. Yeah, it's a real, real problem. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> So, the, this is how, one of the ways you can become a Wendigo is if a Wendigo lets you escape. You see, a Wendigo, they're much faster, stronger, and can track you for a very long time. So, it's very unlikely you'll get away. But sometimes, they'll let you escape. And when they do this, they go into your dreams and give you nightmares. And the victims will sometimes get what's called the Wendigo fever. And, uh... They'll, they'll feel as though their skin is on fire and they'll just run around screaming and go insane. Yeah. Um, actually, while reading up and trying to find the specific story I picked for this episode, 
um, I came across a couple of like people who had posted up to like Reddit or whatnot, so we can take this with a grain of salt. But uh, it was someone who felt they were being haunted by a Wendigo, and they said that they had an encounter as a child, and that they would see its face in windows or in nightmares and wake up with cold sweats. So as you can see, this thing has uh, this kind of supernatural pull on you if it decides to let you live. Yeah, also, this is one thing I just kind of came across, so I don't know if there's really a connection, but when you have really bad hypothermia to the point that you're about to die, this actually happens where your skin feels as though it's on fire and you'll rip your clothes off, so since, it, since the Wendigo is associated with the cold, I thought maybe that could be like a real-world explanation. Well, uh, actually, so speaking on that, I'm not sure if you found this story or not, and it's somewhat correlated to Wendigos, but um, I forget exactly what the plane was, but a plane went down. Large percentage of the people on the plane died, but um, the ones that survived ended up surviving off of the bodies of the people who died in the crash, and so a lot of them were one chastised once they came once they were saved for having eaten human flesh and some of them were even driven mad but that idea of the freezing cold because i believe it was in alaska the freezing cold um not being able to survive and really just having that will to live beyond having that will to still be considered human you know that's uh, a story i stumbled across while looking through uh cannibalistic um incidences throughout the timeline just we'll just talk about like what to do if you come across the wendigo <laughs> and how to kill it um just just lay down and let it happen <laughs> so let's say somehow you you somehow fight a wendigo and win but that's not enough to kill it what you have to do is you have to cut up its limbs and burn it and you also have to take out the heart which is covered by ice and melted also, but this isn't always easy. Yeah, the Native Americans and Native Canadians were some hardcore people. That's that's all I know. All right, you have anything else, Dad? Um, in terms of fighting it, no, well, not at all. I have a legend about fighting it. Oh, dude! Um, and that's this good. is this one's a doozy. I really love this story. <laughs> like it's literally anime. It, oh, it only gets better. <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh. Okay. It's an OP character that just Shreks. There we go. <laughs> yeah. There it is. All right. So let's get comfortable for this one. All right. So out in the Great Lakes region, the people there were getting threatened by Wendigos. So people were all disappearing. So, of course, they call out for someone to come help yeah, them. They got to get their Braveheart. Oh. Oh, they get their Braveheart. <laughs> so a man shows up named Anway the Killer. Oh. <laughs> That's a pretty metal name, huh? Yeah. <laughs> when the killer is part of your name. Yeah. Oh, and this guy, he's jacked. He's the killer? Oh, oh. Okay. So, they tell him about the cannibals and that they can't find them. And so he, right. he just listens. You know, he's a stoic character. He listens, nods, and just leaves. <laughs> so what he does is he hides in the woods and just watches this tribe for a little while. And... And so he watches each family individually, but one stands out. There's a clan made up of an old man, his wife, and seven sons. He watched them and learned all he could about them. So one of the things about cannibals is that in the beginning, they, they act like everyone else. Like you wouldn't know if they're a cannibal. Right. So they're just going through their life. They kind of act a little off. <clears throat> they they like to go off on their own a lot. And so as he's watching, he goes into their house and finds evidence that they've been eating people. Oh, so he's like... Just imagine that scene. Because <laughs> when's this uh, take place? Oh, I, I don't have a time period. Oh, you know there weren't fridges. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they... I guess they just threw the bones somewhere. I don't oh, know. Exactly. So he there's no doubt these guys are the... Are the the problem yeah he realized the old man is probably the weakest so he should probably just take him out quick and get that over with so he follows him trying to learn his routine he learns that every morning he would go out to investigate an abandoned beaver dam and see if they returned once on way was got prep uh, got everything prepared he comes out to say oh hello brother to the old man 
and Anwe was able to use his magic to make him look like some scrawny little dude. Oh, Anwe had magic? Oh, oh he has <laughs> magic. You, you didn't mention that. Oh, he's a magic boy. Oh. <laughs> so, Anwe is, so, Anwe is like, hey, can you help me catch some beavers? And the, But the old man knew there's no beavers in these abandoned things, so... He's like, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, let's come back in the morning. So he's like, oh, okay. So the old man goes out, goes home, tells his sons, like, oh, this guy's an easy kill. But his sons are like, wait, there's a dude going around that's hunting for us, so maybe we should be careful. <laughs> but the old man's like, no, this guy's a scrawny little dude. Like, we could take him, no problem. Right. So the kids are still a little nervous about it, but the old man's like, come on, we're just going to do it. We could take them. There's there's a bunch of us. Look, you can't tell your cannibal grandpa no. <laughs> That's exactly. Come on. Why they, they go 101? So they go just before dawn to try to ambush him, but they find that Onway's already there. But now he... he Got rid of his magic, so now he's a jacked boy again. Right, yeah, he's, he's no longer the little boy he was posing as. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so they see him out near the beaver dams, and they're like, the sons are like, well, maybe we should just surround him. Like, you know, like reasonable people coming yeah, across a jacked dude. But the, the old man's like, no, nah, we could take him, no problem. <laughs> Head on. Yeah, so, so they go out, and the old man's like, oh, hey, I brought my family to help. Anway says that he and the old man will make a hole in the ice as his sons go out and gather sticks that he bundled up in the forest. Okay. Uh, so the sons go off into the woods as Anway and the old man make a hole in the ice. <coughs> so as they make, they, they finish making the hole and Anway says that he's thirsty and drinks some of the water and the old man's about to hit him in the back of the head with a chisel, but he hesitates. <laughs> And once Anway's done drinking, he goes, Hey, you should have some water, too. I bet you're thirsty. So the old man goes down to get a drink. Anway hits him with a chisel. <laughs> Anway didn't hesitate. Oh, uh, yeah. Anway is a real... You know him. He's the killer. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why he's called Anway the killer. <laughs> All right. So he hits him in the back of the head, throws his body into the, into the icy waters. So the sons have a mag sort of a magical connection to them. Yeah. So they know that something's up. They've eaten the same people. So they, they feel it. Yeah, so all of a sudden, so they just start sprinting back. But what Anway did is that these bundles of sticks are all scattered across at different distances. So they'll all come at them one at a time. Oh, so actually really clever. Yeah, so, so the first three come up. He just takes him out with a chisel, no problem. Mm -hmm. Then the fourth and fifth son come, and he pulls out his bow. One arrow each, straight to the heart, they're down. So the sixth... <clears throat> uh, so the sixth one uh, completely gives himself to the Wendigo powers. So now he's, he's transforming to a Wendigo, yeah. and he's yelling, he's jumping at him super fast, but Anway, you know how our boy Anwe is, he dodges... Well, of course. He, uh, the magic. Uh-huh. Yeah. He dodges, just pelts this dude with arrows. <laughs> and finally, he goes down, because he's too weakened. So, the, the the last son is like, please. Uh, yes. he's a Wendigo, so it's probably like, please! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he goes, uh, please, don't, don't hurt me. Right. So, Anway's like, how much mercy did you show your victims? And he's like, none? Here he goes, cuts off his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, well, he's right. Yeah? He's not wrong. All right, so he, in, so he throws all the bodies into the beaver's den. Yeah. So now all that's left is the old man's wife and the son's wives. And they oh, have a few servants, alive? too. Yeah, so oh, okay. the wives were all still at home. Yeah, only... wives don't hunt. Come on. <laughs> well, you're going to learn. This This wife is... This wife hunts. Yeah, she... So... Oh, yeah. So, so after a little while, uh, the, wife, uh, the old man's wife and the other wives and their servants show up because they're coming to prepare Anway. Wait. 
Did you oh. say they're coming to prepare Anway? Yeah. Like, like... Yeah, so the plan was that they were just going to kill Anway, and, and like, then they would come and prepare it. And yeah. yeah, do what you do. What so, you do? so Anway tries to trick her into going into the beaver dam, mm-hmm. but she's those better. She's like, <laughs> she's much better, smarter than her husband. Well, she's a woman, so yeah. <laughs> a lot more perceptive. Yeah, so she goes no, and... Anway's just quiet, so he's not, <laughs> he doesn't have any quick, once his plan fails, he's like, well, <laughs> hey, get in there, like, no thanks, no, oh. so, so as he's quiet, she's like, oh, I know what happens, so she gets real angry and throws her stone mallet at him. And just, he just barely dodges it. So oh, okay. this is anime. So you know yeah. he gets it's like, <laughs> he makes his like, hair flow. You know, yeah. you know how it, it is. like nicks his cheek. Mm-hmm. So he charges at her, <laughs> grabs a rock as he's running, and just smashes it into her head. Oh! <laughs> so he turns to the women and says, "If there are any captives here, step aside." And a few of them do. But some still stood to challenge him, and he kills all of them. <laughs> so with was, the, was there a number? Did we quantify that? Uh, no, I, I think it was just just all. Yeah, the he just is all. Yeah, he just took them all. No problem. Yeah, a hundred, two. I don't know. I I like to believe that it was easily over fifty. <laughs> fifty Wendigos. Yeah, just <laughs> full blown. Uh, these ones had wings too. They weren't, <laughs> weren't your regular Wendigos. Killed all the super Wendigos. Yeah. <laughs> they were so, who turned into Wendigos. So he gets the captive woman, women to help him cut up the bodies and throw them into a fire. So the bodies burn, but their hearts that are covered in ice just won't melt. So yeah. they spend the rest of the day just feeding a flame, making it bigger and bigger until they finally melt and Anway saves the day. Anway the, Anway the killer. That's what he do. Isn't that a great story? On, so, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Uh-huh. I... Because when you're like, Anway the killer, I was like, yeah, like, it's, he's gonna kill like a small family who... But no. <laughs> no. He straight up murders a bunch yeah. of them. It's um, pretty sweet. I, I have a little story, too, that I found. So... Both of the uh, parts I found for this um, this entire episode, uh, <laughs> characters' names are Jack. Uh, it's not my fault. There's a lot of Jacks. Alright, so I have one story for our story segment today. Um, it is about a guide for fur trappers named Little Jack. Um, so this story was told by a trapper, Howard B. LeBlanc. Uh, he was a 50-year-old trapper... Um, and he's a guide in Kenora, Ontario, Ontario, sorry, Ontario, 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 yeah, oh man, (laughs) you know, and so he was told this by his grandfather, so this story, you know, goes back generations, but the gist of it, so, Little Jack was an amazing, I believe, yeah, large moose hunter, he could track large moose, uh, kind of anywhere, so that was a really big draw, for him and how to get his money, um, people would come, like people who wanted moose furs and just big game would come to him. Because if you don't know, moose are like six feet tall on, uh, oh, yeah. on all four legs. Yeah, They're so, scary. Yeah, if you've never seen a moose in real life, you don't realize how big they are. But yeah, no, so for people who wanted to hunt like large moose and big antlers and whatnot, they'd go to Little Jack. So there's this small family, this small family, sorry, um, Mr. Sears Sr. and Mr. Sears Jr. They don't have first names, it's just Mr. Sears. So, Little Jack takes them uh, down the river to where he's pretty sure some moose are feeding. So, they're grazing, drinking, they see them, they set up for camp, because they don't want to get them that night. They're waiting so that they let their guard down, because, you know, when you're hunting something, often you want to get them the second day, you don't want to get them right off the bat, because if you get them too fast... They're gonna, like, they're too on edge because you've just come into their, like, kind mm. of zone of protection. So, Little Jack, though, was also a, I believe this was, yeah, a Native Canadian. So, he knew of the Wendigo, and he warned Mr. Sears and Sears Jr. 
that there are creatures in this um, forest, in the wilderness, that if I tell you this expedition is over, it is over. Oh. We are done. Let me guess. They don't <laughs> listen to him. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, so, I believe they're out there for three days, something like that, and so... They don't manage to get a moose, unfortunately. And uh, Sears Sr. is a little cooler about it because, you know, he's hunted his entire life. But this is Sears Jr.'s time. He wants to prove himself to his dad. So they don't, they don't get a moose. And also, something scared all the mooses away. Mm. Moose. All the moose away. It's not mooses. <laughs> moose eye. No. Meese? <laughs> um, no. So, anyways. Uh, yeah, something scared all the moose away. From across the lake. Um, that, that should be a bad omen right there. Yeah, and so Little Jack said, we do not get in our canoes, we do not go across the lake. We stay one more night here, and we're leaving tomorrow morning, because it's too late for us to trek through now. But mm. early in the morning, we're going to wake up and leave. We don't go across this lake. So, the next morning, uh, Little Jack wakes to find... Mr. Sears gets Sears Sr. ready. They're getting ready to leave. When Sears Sr. shouts and points the lake, uh, to which we see uh, Sears Jr. rowing across oh, the lake. No. Because he was told there's a predator over there. And he mm. thinks that if he can catch this thing, it's one-upping getting a large moose. Mm -hmm. And um, so Sears Sr. is like, well, we got to go get him. And Lil Jack's like, no, it's over. We're going. And yeah, Sears, that's how I would react. That's like, no, nah, he's dead. Uh, and, and so, <laughs> yeah, Lil Jack knows what's about to happen. Yeah. He's seen this happen. He, white folk, he knows. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, look, I'll get in my canoe. I'm going to go get him. I, I'll, I can row faster than him. I'm going to get to him before he can see the other side. So as Little Jack gets down to, like, the bed of the, the kind of like the, the river, he gets down there. And um, a large creature, very fast, long arms, reaches out and yanks Seer Sr. out of his canoe oh. into the forest. Oh, I am not about that. Um, Seer Sr. Did I say Seer Sr.? I meant Seer Jr. Yeah. Seer Sr. seeing this panics and begins getting in a canoe and heading across. So now Little Shaq and Sears Senior are both going across this river. All they can all they know is they hear uh Sears Junior screams. Oh no. And so of course as a father cuz I I have to give Sears Senior some credit cuz like if I were a father my son got like yeeted into the forest I'd probably go after him. Yeah, we well, can always make another one. <laughs> So I like, mean, yeah. You, you. That's why you have a backup kid. Not only that, this was, this was probably like early nineteen hundreds, uh, you know. And so it's like, kids, kids were a commodity. Like yeah. they, they, they died the frequently. Yeah, it's like sometimes, sometimes they'd be like fifteen, and get something, get a cold, and it's time to make a tiny coffin yeah but sometimes you just gotta let darwinism take its course yeah he he made this decision so see you is just screaming screaming up a storm begging for help uh little jack is like no like we, we can't go after him like what do you expect to do uh, so he he finally um grabs sears senior throws him in the canoe and just starts rowing um they stop hearing Sears Jr.'s screams. Oh, so he's better he's now? <laughs> yeah. He, he got um, away? No, him and the wedding were friends now. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're BFFs forever. Uh, friendship bracelets made of human bones. Uh, no. And so Little Jack managed to get Sears Sr. away. Um, Sears Sr. cries the whole way. And he's like, what was that? And Little Jack's like, I told you and your son that when I said this was over, this was over. This was on you. You should have talked to your son. You should have let him know. He didn't know the boundaries this forest isn't ours. We don't live here. We don't own this. That creature is this forest. You, we're gonna, it's over. And so, um, yeah, that's the story of Little Jack. Real bleak. Real, he, he doesn't kill any Wendigos. Uh, he just saves Sears Senior, who had a dumb son. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my little story for the oh, story segment. Yeah, no, there was no happy ending. But also, it served 
That's a great story for fur trappers to stop fur trapping. Because, <laughs> I mean, you could get yeeted into the forest and die. And when people tell you, hey, don't go over there, there's a monster, maybe listen. <laughs> when giant moose are afraid of something, maybe you should be afraid yeah, of it too. Well, my thing is, like, Little Jack could have been a little more specific. Like, he, he didn't have to be like, you have to listen. Mm-hmm. He could have like, listen. Yeah. There's there's a man-eating monster over there. If you go over it, we'll eat you. We can't kill it. Well, also, if someone told me there's a man-eating monster, I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I wouldn't believe that for a second. Oh, so you would, you would get across? No, I would, like, I would go alone. I'm not a dumbass. <laughs> Look, he was just trying to impress his papa. There's one thing I learned in Boy Scouts. It's don't go in the woods alone. It's uh, always a bad time. Always go in the woods alone. It's always the best time. And I was not a Boy Scout, but I I camp, and I go in the woods alone all the time. Especially hunting moose. I'm no expert. That sounds dangerous. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, is like one swift moose kick to the jaw, like... You done your rings. Yeah. For all we know, it could have been a moose that got him. A moose. <laughs> a moose hand? Wait. <laughs> Guys, I think, I think Wendigo were moose. I mean... Some kind of mutant moose. That'd yeah. be scary, actually. I wouldn't be into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, a carnivorous mutant moose. Mm. That's scarier than anything I've ever heard. Alright, well, here's my story. Oh. It takes place in New Brunswick, Canada. Brunswick? New Brunswick, Canada. <laughs> Just outside Gemsig. There's a young married couple Gen-Sig? living there. That's what I said. <laughs> I think. You said Jensig. That's that's gonna be the sitch of this. It's just gonna be me correcting you all the time, but then I'm gonna actively get things wrong. <laughs> Start the sword. In Canada. <laughs> in Canada. The, in, I'm sorry. In Canada, just outside of Jenseg, a married couple recently moved into this big house. They had four acres of land around them, all filled with dense woods. The closest neighbor that lived by was over a mile away. See, why would you ever move into a home that the closest neighbor is over a mile away? What's your mile time, Jesse? Not much, yeah. but... <laughs> How fast can you cover that distance? Oh, if a window goes chasing me, I think I can go pretty quick. Because here's my point, is that... There's not a single creature that, if it's chasing you, can't cover a mile faster than you. Every single animal, most humans, it, if, if it's a killer, they are usually pretty in shape. No matter what, the thing that's chasing you is going to be faster on that mile. Well, people do this. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Are they white? I mean, Canada. Yeah, they're white. So... It's like the the lights like actively flicker and someone's yelling get out from their house, like in the middle of the house. It's someone standing there. And they're like, Oh, come on. Just like the it's... wind. <laughs> no, yeah, we left the, the window open and the wind blew in and and kicked our cat to the wall. And wrote get out on the walls <laughs> with the cat's blood. Yeah. <laughs> these oh, these Canadian winters. Well, it was the winter, and it was the <laughs> largest snowfall they've had in decades. Oh, no. <laughs> so, that's, that's really good, though. I mean, well, it can be really good, because the water. So, the husband wakes up to the dog barking and scratching at the door, so he just assumes that the dog needs to go out to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So he gets up, he lets the dogs out, and the dog just bolts into the woods. So he's like, bro, come back! So he's yelling, trying to get it back. So it's, it's, not, it's not stopping, it's just running straight into the woods. Does the dog die in this story? You're going to have to listen until the end to find out. <laughs> this is a bad story. <laughs> Alright, so he slaps on his boots and he goes in. He, he has his little flashlight and he's looking around and he can't find his dog. Wait. Middle of the night, mm-hmm. snowstorm, mm-hmm. woods, yeah, miles away from population, uh-huh. still went out and looked for his dog. Yeah. Like, I'm a dog lover. I, you know <laughs> I love dogs and my dogs. But if my dog made that choice, 
She made that choice. (laughs) She's about that life. I am not. Yep. So, (laughs) so he's looking around, and he can't find anything. He's shining his light around. He can't find it. So he starts. He gets as quiet as he can, and just starts listening to see if he can hear his dog right. But it's dead silent. Like there's no sound. Oh, I. I find no sound more unsettling than like a roaring. If there, if I heard a creature just like barreling down at me with a ferocious roar, I would be less scared than if it was dark and quiet. Oh, oh it gets worse. <laughs> it it never gets better. So he walks deeper and deeper in. He's now surrounded by trees, and all of a sudden the air kind of seems to be getting thicker. So he's calling out to his dog. He should just turn back. And just dead silence. <laughs> what wouldn't be a good story if he just turned back? <laughs> what, I just, <laughs> what if, like, he's like, 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 fruffles, and, like, the dog's like, dog, like, why are you tripping? Like, I'm over here. Like, the dog responded. <laughs> oh, that'd be even worse. And my dog was like, I'm over here. I'd be, like, I'd run. <laughs> like, but the worst part is, like, you never heard your dog talk, but you know it's your dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. like, you know, this way. So he's listening again. Then all of a sudden he hears his wife call out, Babe? Aww. So he looks behind him. There's nothing. And once again Uh, behind him, he hears her say, Babe? Spoiler alert. I don't think it's his wife. (laughs) So he looks around. And what he thought was a tree is actually a humanoid creature (laughs) looking down on him. And he shines his light at it. And his eyes don't reflect the light. It's what good darkness. is the light gonna do? Oh, I. So, <laughs> I would just be in denial. Like, I just turn the light the other way. I'd be like, oh, just keep walking. Like, time to go to bed. Yeah. So he straight up runs back home. Yeah. But reasonable response. He's and not gonna make it in time. No. Well, who would be telling the story? <laughs> So he runs back, and his dog is waiting ne- waiting for him next to the door. So he lets his dog in, and he locks up the house. Uh-huh. He goes up, and his wife is still sleeping in bed. Really? And he goes to bed, uh-huh. and that's the end of the story. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... What did, what did we gain from this story? Everyone, Everyone lived... It's a good story. You think he learned to be a better person? Do you maybe. think he realized that maybe Don't sometimes go. it's best to not be dumb? Yeah, I hope so. Well, I mean, he lived long enough to tell the story, so I yeah. don't know. If... But how long would it... Because, like, if something like that happened to me, I'd call one of you immediately to relay the story in case I died seconds later. Yeah, I wouldn't come... To you though, I'd be like, "There's a monster around there." Oh no, I'd be like, "Yeah, look, stay where you are." <laughs> oh, I would. Just letting you know, <laughs> I'm probably gonna get eaten by one to go. <laughs> There's a monster outside that has just darkness for eyes. Yeah, I, I want, I want our listeners to be like. <laughs> The Wendigo? I want, like, I like to think that monsters are gonna listen in on this. <laughs> I don't know how good they are with technology. Um, it's the 21st century, Jesse. Anyone can do anything. Tell that to my grandparents, because <laughs> I still have to go over there all the time to fix the printer. I think it's just because they miss you. Anyway. <laughs> do you have a story? Um, oh, so, I don't have a story, but I do have, uh, kind of like, an encounter for our last segment. Yeah. You want to move on to encounters? Yeah. Okay. Was that your encounter? Oh, yeah, that was actually my encounter. Oh, okay. No, 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 it's fine. I just, um, I miss, uh, I misread the room. It's mostly because I don't listen to you when you talk. Okay. (laughs) It's not just you, it's everyone. Okay. So, uh, this, um, this next encounter, um, is, is a real life thing, actually. It happened. It's in some history books. I believe there's a book on it. Um, so there is this, uh, shaman, his name, and was, uh, I'm sorry for what I'm about to say, uh, Zauno Gizigo Gubao, Gaubao, yeah, um, 
but the white folk, white folk called him Jack Fiddler, because he could play the fiddle, <laughs> and that's just unfortunate, like, they're like, oh, look at that guy, play that fiddle, like, you're really good, what's your name, and he's like, oh, and they're like, oh, okay, Jack, <laughs> Jack Fiddler. It's a very, uh, it's a simple, simple. Uh, yeah, it gets worse though. Like things, <laughs> things don't get better. In oh, this really? Story. The Native American doesn't come out on top in the story. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Um, so uh, his his Native American name uh, can actually be translated to "He who stands in the southern sky," which is like that's really cool, right? Yeah, that's a pretty sweet name. Yeah, and so he was a um, shaman. And was known as a Wendigo Slayer, actually. Um, but he's not as cool as Onway. Well, he's real. <laughs> so You don't know that Onway isn't real. You're right. You're right. I don't. But, uh, but I know for a fact that uh, the Jack Fiddler is real. And so Jack Fiddler frequently um, would uh, perform exorcisms and uh, deathicisms on people who he believed and who the tribes had believed had been possessed by Wendigos. So I believe he had slayed in total seven Wendigos, something along those lines. Is that successful for a Wendigo slayer? Is that a lot? Um, well, of all the Wendigos he'd encountered... Well, he killed them all. Yeah. yeah. So One for one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's batting a hundred right now. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and oh wait, no, 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 no. Uh, he had defeated fourteen Wendigos uh, by nineteen oh seven. Ooh. Yeah, so he was he was moving heavy. Yeah, he's a busy boy. Yeah, he was really he was getting the job done, and so his last Wendigo, the last Wendigo he killed, was in the form of I believe his sister in law. Are we just going to pretend they're really Wendigos and not just people with mental health issues? We'll get to that at the end of the story. Okay. okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll just go off the assumption they were really Wendigos. Yeah, they were possessed by Wendigos. Okay. They were eating people, supposedly. So, uh, him and his... No, no, no. Him and his brother-in-law, I believe, killed his sister, who was being possessed by Wendigo. Which, look... If you so firmly believe something that you kill your sister, I you yeah. Know, if she might have been a window, uh, or she was just like you know breaking your toys. I'm I'm an older <laughs> brother. I know how it goes. Yeah, same. I'm not saying I would kill my sister, but like if she, if her eyes didn't reflect light. Yeah, I feel like that's a good, <laughs> that's I mean, a good reason to kill someone. So Jack Fiddler had successfully um, defeated retroactively murdered 14 Wendigos. Um, he was then, after his last defeat, which was, I believe, uh, a relative of his, arrested, surprise, surprise, because the European settlers did not like what he was doing. And so they were like, yeah, you you can't be doing this. Like, you can't be killing people. He's like, no, like, they were, they were Wendigos. Yeah, they were Wendigos. What's the problem? Yeah, he... So, the thing is, is him and all the other Native Americans, like, the the rest of the tribe, were entirely convinced he was 100% in the right. Mm-hmm. The only people that thought were, that he was in the wrong was the uh, the settlers. Mm-hmm. And at, by this point, Canada was relatively established. They had, you know, they were... Because, um, what, it's 1907, so settlers came around, like, 1860s, 50s, 60s? Sure. I, I'm close. I'm ballparking, but I'm close. It's between zero and 1907 <laughs> is when they came in. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely right. between zero and 1907. Uh, Anyways, they don't like what uh, what Fiddler Jack was doing. And so they arrested him. And uh, upon arrest, they're like, we're going to hang him. Because they believed he was partaking in Satanist uh, traditions. Uh. Which, because the thing about that is it pisses me off, is that, like, yeah, he was doing something um, different than what they do, but, you know, white folk. And so if it's it's different, it's Satanism. Mm. Because it wasn't Christianity, it was their Native American beliefs. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, but dudes with the guns kind of decide what the morals are. Exactly. And so yeah, he was he was sentenced to death. Him and his uh, his brother-in-law, the the relative that was helping him do this, uh, he escaped and proceeded to kill himself, which was heavily frowned upon by um, by his uh, tribe. Yeah. Um, because it's, uh, it's very wrong. Like, in their eyes, like, he's not gonna reach his great, like, destiny. Like, you know. Um, so, he was entirely disgraced when he had died. Some even kind of believe that there's a possibility that after that last Wendigo fight, he had been possessed by a Wendigo. And that's why he killed himself. Mm -hmm. Um, this eventually, though, this situation did lead to a court, uh, ruling about um, doing crimes in the guise of religion mm-hmm. and how they um, people who murder in the guise of an actual religion saying they uh, thought that, you know, or not thought that they truly believe this person was a monster or a demon or something, mm-hmm. that it's no longer punishable by death, but more by a longer sentence and mental health help. Mm-hmm. So the the overall summation of this that everyone kind of goes along with is that Fiddler Jack was just a regular guy who at the time had no idea what mental health issues were and so many of the people who he killed possibly some were cannibalistic because it was Canada and it was 1907 and probably scarce on meat here and there during Mm -hmm. winters um but yes some people believe that he most people believe that he just mm-hmm. killed uh, schizophrenics and people who could have used the help. Yeah. Well, yeah. would they even been able to get the help back then? Like, no, not at all. Yeah. So, so they were screwed either way. Yeah. It it was a real bummer type of situation. And like I said, Fiddler Jack was um, he he ended up killing himself. It, overall, it just kind of nothing went well. Both of my stories were bummers, and I apologize. But Fiddler Jack was a real person. Um, yeah, and he was renowned as a Wendigo slayer and exorcist. That's a pretty cool title. Yeah. We should go become exorcists. We should go. So, I'm Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I, mean, I was I was baptized. Yeah, well, I did my first communion and my confirmation. So, oh, I am closer to being a priest than you are. I mean, uh, but you could how get hard it. Could it be? Oh, you could get it done in like I think a month because so you're supposed to do it at ages. But if you don't, by the time you're an adult, they they're like, all right, one class, and you take one class, and it does it all. And I think the class is like a month long. I'll be your sponsor. I oh, I'm not very. Rude. Gonna, I don't. We're gonna become an exorcist team. Well, yeah. So because the thing is, is I don't go to church very often. But if we're gonna become. For this podcast specifically, we need to become experts because we need to be experts. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about demons yeah, especially. The only problem is that every time I enter a church, my hands get real cold. So I may need to wear that, gloves or something. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Why? I mean, if I knew, I don't know. Hopefully I'm <laughs> um, not possessed by a demon or something. Oh. <laughs> Quick side story. Uh, I have a cousin who wears war and sometimes does a lot of makeup when she was younger. We went to church, and uh, the priest uh, was, or people were standing there putting holy water on their foreheads, uh, letting, welcoming them in. And as my cousin walked in, she got holy water on her forehead, but it tripped into her mascara, <laughs> which then went into her eye. Um, she was 13, 14. Mm. So being the 13, 14-year-old she is, the, you know, the mascara was hurting her eyes, so she resorted to yelling, it's burning, it's burning. <laughs> They were kicked out of the church. Oh. They they were asked to go home, oh. respectively, because like not all priests are terrible, but it is. I mean, that's funny though. Yeah, no, and so like it burns, it burns. So like, hey, like, can you guys leave? She's making a scene, and her mom was like, I I think she got hit when she got home. I can't <laughs> I can't promise you she didn't, but yeah, no, it it burns, it burns. They thought my cousin was possessed and made her leave. Catholics. Yeah. Anything else? I have one more encounter. Okay. <clears throat> I love the cameras. All right. So this man, Chuck, he goes out hunting out in, out in the Gwynn State Forest in Michigan back in 1983. Right. So he's a real experienced hunter. He likes to just go out and hunt. So he comes across a buck, 
and he's downwind of it. He takes mm-hmm. his time. Okay. He shoots it. He just just a couple inches away from the heart, so it doesn't die immediately. It's unfortunate. So ha- I'm sorry. Um, have you ever hunted? Yeah, I did once. Uh, so I um I don't know why I had this idea. Bucks are really big and really strong. And bullets don't affect them the way they affect us. Yeah, that's, that's and it's it's sometimes a bummer. Yeah, that's why you gotta hit them in the heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even then, they they go for a minute. Mm-hmm. They don't drop. They like kind of yeah. stumble. It's it's a sad sight. But if you're not if if it's not for a game and you're not gonna waste it, I understand. Yeah. When when I went hunting, uh, we were in a blind, so it's just this box with a little window. Oh yeah, no, no, no I know. So what happened is I'm just sitting there. And a deer shows up. I'm like, oh no. Because <laughs> the only reason I went on this hunting trip is because we were in Texas. And I'm like, well, I can't look like a... Well, you know? if you say no, you're going to get called derogatory. Yeah, so, so I went with them. And so uh, I was told, like, oh, it, it was like a couple years before I finally got uh, my first buck there. So I'm like, right. oh, okay, good. One one shows up. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I turn to the guy I'm with and I'm like, hey, can you look to make sure that has enough points so I can shoot it? So yeah. he's all excited. He looks. He's yeah, because like, they need to be your right age, right? Yeah. yeah. So he looks at it, he goes, it's good. So I'm like, oh no. So I, my gun was laying horizontally on my lap. Yeah. And so at that moment, I just forgot how guns worked on purpose. So I, <laughs> I hit the gun against the side of the window yeah. to make noise. And then, but the stupid thing did not run, <laughs> and so it was just slowly walking. Oh. So I was so when I aimed the gun, finally it like was behind a tree, and I was like, oh, oh, thank God I didn't have to shoot it. <laughs> yes, yeah, hunting something. Yeah. Well, anyway, so this guy Chuck, so he follows it because it's it's still bleeding out, so it's easy to track. Yeah. You just follow the blood. So it's not the only thing following the blood. <laughs> oh, how did you guess? <laughs> so um, he goes across this clearing, and so he sees the buck laying in the ground, and right. it's, it's breathing is heavy, so you know it is it, onion rings. Oh yeah. <laughs> so as he gets closer to it, the air gets thicker, and it's once again dead silent. Oh. And he's like rat row. <laughs> so he. And so as he gets closer to it, he notices this, like, thing that he thought was just a pile of snow behind it, because it's this very light gray. But all of a sudden, this pile of snow moves. Oh. And it, a face rises up behind the buck. And it's time to go. It's dripping with blood, and Chuck said it was the most evil expression he ever saw in his life. Interesting. And... Although, so this thing was incredibly thin, and although it was crouched, he could tell that this thing was crazy tall. And so, as this thing looked at him, mm-hmm. it gave off a high-pitched screech. <laughs> and he got out of there. Yeah, he, he skedaddle-skedoodled. Mm-hmm. He never went hunting there again. Oh, why would you? <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. completely reasonable response. Uh, it's like the most dangerous game. When you become the hunted, the hunter becomes the hunted. Have you read The Most Dangerous Game? I think so in high school. But yeah, like this dude, he he's like a big time hunter. So like he's he's a terrible oh. person, and he falls out of the boat and like or the boat crashes. He ends up on this island that this rich dude, who was also an amazing hunter, has gotten and he uses lights to get people to crash, so that way he can hunt them on his island. However, uh, the main character manages to hunt him back because he's such a great hunter and wins. He mm-hmm. he wins. But uh, it does imply that like now he enjoys hunting uh, the most dangerous game, so it's it appears as though he's gonna take over the estate and I mean, continue hunting humans. I mean, you might as well, right? I mean, if you have the money, it's sort of like a Sith game that you keep <laughs> killing the master until you become the master. Do you think like well, because you know like the phrase like idle hands are the devil's playground. Mm-hmm. So like when you have so much money and you're so bored, it's like. Mm. Guess I'm going to go kill really precious animals the environment needs. Well, that's how you know you've made it in life is if you get invited to an, a secret island to hunt people. Because only a select few can I, do that. I bet Beyonce and JC can invite it to those islands. I mean, of course. Well, yeah. If you were hunting people, wouldn't you want Beyonce and JC to be there? Um, have you... <laughs> Have you ever heard the, the theory that the royal family are... Uh, 
are Satanists slash cult slash child murderers. No. Yes, yeah, like a, I, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go into depth because that'll make this like an hour thirty, and it's entirely off base. But if we do have time, we could definitely talk about it. We could do a Satanist episode. Uh, we yeah, I don't see why we couldn't. We can do whatever episode we want. Yeah, this is our podcast. Yeah, we can We're just... adult, we pay taxes. Yeah, I pay taxes all the time. <laughs> I don't. I don't pay taxes. Shut up. <laughs> right, anything else you want to add? Uh, no. You want to make our closing statements? About oh, just uh, yeah. So, uh, do you believe in the Wendigo? After all of our research and what we've done, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's just crazy people or people in desperation. Okay, okay. Um, the the overall idea of the Wendigo is really interesting. Mm. And, like, I would love slash hate for it to be real. But I, I think I have to agree with you that uh, the idea of an eight, nine-foot creature seems more like a cautionary tale than anything. And along with all the research we've done, I feel that... Um, <laughs> say research like we really like mm-hmm. agree really no but yeah along with everything we've looked through i think that the wendigo is if anything just an, an old tale told to um warn people you know yeah to keep people in mind yeah as most tales are mm-hmm. that, yeah. that's when you don't have any kind of law enforcement you got to keep people in line <laughs> so you, with stories so you scare the shit out of them mexican grandmas <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> La Llorona. <laughs> I, Friday. I remember uh, my anthropology teacher, uh, he studied Native Americans, and so he said one of the tribes he met, I don't remember the name, right. their kids were the most well-behaved kids he ever <laughs> met. And this tribe was super against spanking or, mm-hmm. like, never lay your hand on a child or anything. So he's yeah. like, how do you keep your kids in line. It's like, oh, we have the story of the Wolfman, that if you're a bad kid, the Wolfman will get you. So what they do is they hire a guy with a wolf mask, and so they'll tell their kids to, like, oh, go get us some water. So they'll go out and get water, and this Wolfman will, like, appear, like, in the distance. Standing there. Yeah, and he'll pretend to, like, eat some meat, and then he'll point at the kids and go, you're next. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. um... Speaking of that, my my grandmother, my late grandmother, R.I.P., um, she she would babysit me a lot because my mom had me when she was 17, as you know, so she was working and all that. And um, so my great-grandmother would babysit me a lot, and she, did, she didn't spank me. She would never spank me. Uh, she spanked my, my mom, but she never spanked me. Um, and so the way she got me to behave was by telling me about the kukui. Uh if, if, if you're Mexican, at some point you've heard the phrase Gugui. Uh, it's, just, it's just a creature, the boogeyman, uh, mm-hmm. retroactively. And so she would say, like, hey, like, you know, if you don't finish, if you don't finish all the food on your plate, if you don't this, if you don't that, the Gugui's going to get you because the Gugui likes bad kids. And um, anytime something would happen, like, say, like, the wind would make a little funny noise or something, or, like, a door would open, like, oh, like, that's the Gugui, like, you, you know, it, it's watching you. <laughs> and so I was the most well-behaved grandson in the entire universe because <laughs> i was like well i don't i don't want the kagui to get me <laughs> like, yeah fear fear is a real powerful thing all right you want to end it with that yeah all right so this was creepy crawling cryptids uh thanks for joining in next uh next episode i believe we'll be talking about the loch ness monster that yeah. good to me yeah so we're gonna do our kind of research on that and we'll we'll be back i'll see you next time hopefully (laughs) if the wendigo doesn't get us